If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. What is going on, everybody? This episode 100 of Pop Culture Crisis. 100 episodes. Holy crap. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. It's me, Mary. Hello. Although I'm late to the party, I'm very excited so to be here. You don't look 100 episodes in. I look 100 episodes yeah, in. Yeah, you're just about done with us, aren't you? Um, that's before uh, before episode energy of me. There's a large... We have a, a, a expanded group of guest hosts today, the first of which is our normal Monday, uh, well, Tuesday episode guest host. Introduce yourself, sir. Hello, everyone. Dane Font. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm excited to be started. It was like uh, I've been kind of nervous about getting it started because it's like when when you set like milestones like this, which it's like it's real, but it's not real. Uh, you're like, I- I'm worried about how I'm going to screw it up, which means we can just all we can do is just get started now. So. In all sorts of ways, honestly. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I will likely find more than one way to screw this up. But you know what? I'm editing the show so I can just edit all that out. Um, we have a, a special guest today who is along the uh, along for the ride today, who's been here for probably more than the any of the guest hosts i think you've been you've been here as much especially since you do two days a week yeah i was gonna say i I only win that by the fact that i early on was like i could do tuesdays or thursdays and brett said yes both tuesdays and thursdays (laughs) i kind of just didn't let her say but i didn't say i'm like yes you can do tuesdays and thursdays he was like good i'll see you twice a week from now on and it's slowly turning into this is this i'll be on three three times this week as far as i know yep um yeah thank you for letting me crash today i'm hannah claire brimla i'm a writer for timcast.com uh i'm really actually excited to be on episode with Dane, who is one of my pals from when I started working here. But uh, I actually don't see you anymore because we do different days of the week on this show. I know. My place is in the kitchen where uh, I belong. That's true. This is, this is very true. And I'm going to try and not push the buttons wrong. To, like, I, like there's all the buttons are being used today. So I have to make sure I don't like set the... The thing is, Dane and I look so alike. That's right. very easy to mix it up. Very, very, very simple. Um Yes, I, I, I get you two mixed up. A lot of times I walk downstairs and I'm like, Hannah Claire, and he's like, it's Dane. <laughs> well, when I first started working here, we hadn't like built the desks in the newsroom. So I did work at the kitchen bar yes. all the time. And I felt kind of bad about it because people come get their lunch and I would be like hyper-focused staring at my computer. And Dane was the first person to make a joke about it. Like, oh, you're always in the kitchen, like a good woman. <laughs> and... Oh, that's definitely not. No, he didn't make that joke. Uh-huh. He has he noticed that I consistently worked in the same place. Jokester Claire here. <laughs> but- she- Defaming had, my character. <laughs> but we've had some construction, and now Dane is the one who regularly works in the kitchen. Uh, he really just stole my spot from me, or at least he came to appreciate how great that. I don't know that what it was. Is. There was like a Dane work from home chapter, and well, after that, I was just chilling with everyone in the kitchen. Yeah, it was because uh, you used to work in the upstairs office, but then the everyone, all the construction, all the stuff got done in that studio wasn't, or that upstairs office wasn't getting used for a while. And then when you came back, you were just kind of in the kitchen. It works. The no, ki- the kitchen saga. The ki- the the kitchen saga. That's the uh, guys. I just uh, before we get started, I do want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening, uh, whether from the start, if you started in the middle, uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, fun fact that when we got started doing this, 
I had no interest uh, in hosting anything at all. I, I did not. I cared about a lot of the stuff we cover. I still I, I, a lot of these things are conversations that I, I believe we need to have, even though some of them border on obvious ridiculousness. I do think that there's cultural implications that underlie them. But I didn't really feel the need to have my voice heard in that way. I'm just not uh, I'm not a, a super. Um, extroverted person in that respect so to kind of go from not really wanting to to within a, a couple of months being like no this is kind of my baby and i don't want people telling me what to do uh with the show uh and then to a point now where we've reached 100 episodes we didn't just start slow we went right at it five days a week and uh it's expanded we're growing each and every day uh and i want to say thank you to everyone watching it it really means the world so if you guys are ready are you ready to get started Everyone. Can I just say before we start, you remind me of one of those videos of cats where like it's an older cat and they get a kitten and at first it kind of ignores the kitten and eventually it's like obsessed with it and carries it around and takes care of it. Like that was you <laughs> to this podcast. Like you love talking about having these conversations. It's very authentic, but like you are not a naturally, you're not naturally interested in being the star of the show. Yes. And it's uh it's been very amusing to watch you get more and more protective mm -hmm. of this yeah. project. So. Yes. Uh, Congratulations I to you on 100 episodes. It reminds me of the the, the memes of uh, of it's like dad says we can't have a dog and then get the dog and the dad's like the, the most like, obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it, that's yeah. what it's like. So I am a dad with a dog apparently <laughs> hosting this podcast. So with that being said, are we ready to get started? Yeah, we're so okay. ready, Brett. Let's All right, so let's start the first topic, which of course I don't have hundred percent ready. Ha! Right there, Leslie Grace reveals her responsibility as Batgirl. Um. I need uh, uh, people to pull me back from the ledge on this one because most of my issues with these types of conversations have to do with an like an overblown sense of ego that tends to come from people in the entertainment industry when they're having these discussions and what I believe to be pretty inauthentic. Um, uh, what I would say is like inauthentic to like the actual uh, demographics of what they're talking about. So it says in an interview with E! News, Batgirl star Leslie Grace touched on her excitement with the upcoming role, including the responsibility that comes with playing a role in reference to representation in media. We haven't seen a list of, we haven't seen a lot of Latino superheroes or actors of Latin descent within the superhero world. So it was just such a beautiful opportunity to, uh, opportunity to be uh, granted such a big responsibility as well. I do want to ask first of all, do you think of this as a responsibility? Is it does this somehow is she does this make her responsible for culture or, or for representation or is her job simply to give a good performance uh, and get the most out of the role for the sake of the movie and uh, and what it brings to the studio because that's what she was hired to do they're calling it a responsibility because they have an overinflated sense of how important their jobs are in entertainment yep but i actually just want to talk about how ugly her outfit is she's not wrong uh her guys costume. i'm gonna scroll down here uh now it needs to be said that this was like an early uh image that was taken from it this is an old old image uh so you this, think it's improved uh i don't know if it's we but, should describe it for anyone who's listening okay, she looks like she's in a jumpsuit that would be worn by like a car mechanic <laughs> Um, there but is, very fitted. It's it's not very fitted. Yeah, it's it's not fitted enough. Mm. Look it's at the arms. It looks Look. uncomfortable. Um, she has like all of her curves are covered up. Does she have a cape? Is that what's happening? There's on a the cape side there. There's a cape behind her. I feel like this costume is like a halfway point between a lot of things that they get criticized for, like overly sexual female. I see leads, nothing sexualized about. But it also at all. like it can't be too dowdy, and in some ways it's just coming off as like 
it the looks worst of neutered. everything. What do you she mean doesn't dowdy? even look dowdy like, a like um not flattering to the figure, too like kind of unspecial or conservative. Mm. Um that's what I'm is saying. It's like the cape? new Puritanism yeah. that women can't hey, be women because I love Puritans. So don't bash them on this podcast. It's because, I will. <laughs> and that is because um men are the traditional target market of these movies and modern day logic tells you that women can be beautiful for themselves or to impress other women, but they cannot be beautiful if men are the ones in charge of the production because that would be uh anti feminist. Uh and that is uh, of I course I think it's weird that her hair is down because I thought you were trying to keep your identity yeah. a secret. Also, wouldn't that get caught on things while you're fighting? Oh, that does. You know what I mean? Stupid. Like yeah. that's a logistically dumb idea. I don't think it's a it's a it's a fairly comic book accurate uh, depiction, if not a little bit. Uh, I think frumpy is the word I like. I like frumpy. It is frumpy. Yeah. Frumpy is uh, if anybody ever watched the X Files. Uh, that's literally like when when Gillian Anderson. They she they they gave them these overcoats that were literally like the worst overcoat yeah. you could ever give someone in the history of the world. It hides like I they, think. Sorry, they well they made it worse for her in like season two because she got pregnant so they were like putting her in frumpier and frumpier jackets to like hide the pregnancy yeah but we've come for a cir full circle now where you're frumpy to defeat the patriarchy uh and it's that's like, how do you counteract sexualizing women's bodies by making them look like they have zero curves like she mostly like, like i feel like covering her entire chest right she makes looks, her look square it also looks like it's compressing her like mm -hmm. she she looks like she could be because like catwoman famously wears like a very intensely tight yes. suit and her curves are obvious this looks like it's like the worst of all angles yep. to go back to your representation question Thank i you. think i know I, I knew you wanted to get there uh i and i want to do this delicately because i'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone uh, but I just, I'll just say this. Off the top of my head, I was able to write down in less than a minute these names where, when she says that the, it's, it's, uh, it's generally uh, like that they're not represented. There's a part in the article here where she says, uh, Grace herself is Afro-Latina and, and her portrayal of Batgirl and the upcoming film will mark another step forward for diverse representation in film, a feat uh, that Hollywood has historically been known to slack on. Uh, so Jessica Alba, Rosario Dawson, uh, Zoe Saldana, uh, Gina Torres, Tessa Thompson, Lazalonzo, all off the top of my head, all not just uh, uh, part of those demographics, but in sci-fi or superhero movies alone. And those are uh, the, the Jessica Alba role of uh, um, Dark Angel goes all the way back to the year 2000. Uh, and then she, she, of course, was part of the Fantastic Four. So do you think that this actress is just not aware of the industry she's now entering into? Like she's making an assumption about it? I think that there's no end goal. I think it's just more of everything. And that's fine. But it's like she's saying like it's a, a her job to represent them. But there is representation. But that's in what I mean. Fields. Like, Do you think that she just doesn't she's not aware of what? the superhero DC Marvel whatever world has produced so she's not aware that like actually they have a history of I think that they have a, pro a lot of them have a problem with that because most of these actors not to, through no fault of their own have any connection to want to be uh, of the source material or desire to represent these characters honestly they're looking to boost their careers which is fine that's their it's their job they, they want to uh, come out of these roles with better and better what's up 
And none of them yeah. make these statements, by the way. Like all, all of these statements are made for them by the same like yes. twelve interchangeable assholes that yeah. like are PR people that are following the same narrative for like a decade now. Yeah. Like it's the same bland, you know. Like oh, I'm just trying to represent my peoples. Yep. You know, like and everyone's on that, you know, like little. I don't know what to call it. Hustle, let's yep. say. It'd be interesting if she was like, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to represent my people, the people of Ohio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something that isn't race related, but yeah. like is sort of an innocuous part of demographic politics. And endearing, like nerds or something, you know. And I, I, what bothers me, but okay, but also I was like, well, what about me? Because I was like, what about my, like, I was like, representation, because this is a very classically like, uh, I was like, I'm Croatian. Is there Croatian representation in, in cinema? And I, I found one list that had a list of 10 people and I only knew like three of three or four of the names. Mm -hmm. It was like uh, Eric Bana, <laughs> um, uh, Joe Manginello, and like, uh, one, oh, and uh, John Malkovich were the only ones that I really recognized. The rest I had never heard of. But it, it goes down here. It says, um, Batgirl is set to spread to the spotlight for a number of underrepresented groups as well. Uh, Ivory Aquino is set to appear in the film as Alicia Yo, uh, a transgender woman with the best who is best friend to Grace uh, to Grace is Barbara Gordon's uh, that character, so she's her best friend in there. The portrayal of a transgender of uh, transgender people in media has historically shaped much of the way society views them, as they tend to be absent in the personal lives of many. Uh, according to a study done by Pew Research in 2021, less than half of Americans personally know someone who is transgender, and I'm guessing that number is actually quite lower than half. Probably. Uh, I don't know if that, that many people know someone who is like that. But uh, there's also been, uh, there's non-binary characters showing up in these things now. I take no issue with them being in there. I take an issue with the media blitz that comes with yeah. um, them making themselves feel like they're somehow important to uh, to the world at large because they're acting uh, in, in something that's essentially popcorn, uh, the, popcorn movie. The, the attack that people are against representation is a complete misdirection from like, I don't think anyone really is against uh, representation. Mm. What people are against is like the tokenization and like it being used like for clearly for profit and mm. for clout, you and know, that you're, you're using like people's individuality as like a product to, to be, sell. Yeah. To be consumed. Yep. And to market it, it's like ridiculous. It's why whenever we get Pride Month, every company changes their logo except for ones in certain in certain areas of the world, and then but nobody sees any issue with that. Which I always find it's the hypocrisy that bothers me about it. Another thing about this is is they're not even giving her like a, a studio release. This is like an HBO Max only. So in in modern age, that's kind of the equivalent of like going straight to DVD. So that she's not even getting like really a fair shake at the character on the big screen because they likely have no faith that a lesser known actress would be able to pull this off, or that we need a Batgirl movie that we don't. That's really what this is uh, about. And this has been uh, this has gone through many changes. At one point, um, J uh, Joss Whedon was involved with this movie, and Joss Whedon is now kind of imploded within Hollywood and is not really allowed. Uh, you don't allow him alone with your women uh, in Hollywood anymore. Let's just say after after the articles that came out. <laughs> So I just was wondering, to, so do you guys feel that uh, if not for, for acting, what should they strive for? If not uh, to be some type of uh, beacon for, uh, for uh, a certain group, should they focus on just putting out the best product or is there a place for that type of mindset? You said to me, or like you said here, you said you think it's mostly just PR people that are saying this stuff anyways. Absolutely. But do you think that for the ones that do believe it, there is a, a, a place for that or should they just focus on providing the best 
uh, movie-going experience for the audience and provide the best acting job for the directors and the writers who hire them. If your thing is representation and causes, then be sure to, during your time, very actively be involved in causes and representation, you know? Mm -hmm. But this is your place of work, and you've been given a character, and not every character in every role is is to be, you know, made like your little like into an fantasy. Yeah. I was say, shouldn't she shouldn't she also have a duty to the writers and the creators of these characters to provide the best performance to best convey the message that they want to that they want to get across with the movie. They all want it. They like I don't know, it's like it's this little click that they all want this stuff. Yep. Well, Brett, you were saying earlier that you just want to see stories about people regardless of where they were born yes. or what they are really about who they are and what they do but i mean there's an argument that you could do both representation and a real story yes. but like i haven't seen that accomplished yet because they're so heavy-handed with it the best stories transcend uh immutable characteristics and become about a person overcoming challenges or odds or a group overcoming challenges or odds and the moment you start uh implementing i have more of the issue it tends to be more with because it's so modern day uh and uh, most of the stories that i love if you made them now the movie would still be good because the story itself is evergreen. It's a story of a hero uh, overcoming uh, strife and obstacles, personal uh, uh, personal discord, like all these things which are universally human experiences that uh, go far beyond your immutable characteristics, which uh, I really do believe should be the least interesting thing about you as a human being. I think we should be looking to who we are as people uh, that should go much deeper than what we look like on the outside. I'm inclined to agree with Dane on this. I think this is mostly a PR statement, which I have no ability to judge whether or not this actress, you know, really does feel this responsibility or just feels like she should say that she feels this responsibility. Yeah. Um, to me, it's more about um, a lack of confidence in how this project's going to turn out. It seems like they are using her um nicheness yeah. as a afro-latina actress to promote the movie and that maybe tells me that they're or it's a tv show i don't know what it is it's a it's a movie on hbo max it's a movie and it just seems like they don't really have anything to say so at a press junket they're going to ask her a million times so how do you feel about being yeah. the first right. afro-latina like it's it to me actually bodes uh, it's an indication that this is not a very unique or very strong production that they have to rely on I, on her identity and on the tokenism of having her as the first Latina Afro Latina Batgirl. And the movie to me has felt like uh, in uh, over like in afterthought. Like there hasn't been a great amount. I mean, I guess the marketing there hasn't been a trailer yet, but it feels like everything revolving around it. Just the fact that it's only getting an HBO Max release tells me that they don't have a lot of confidence in it. Which again. Like another tragic tale of like a great story ruined by like you know, this energy. We've Be reached like peak self consciousness where every movie has to be referencing itself. Right. They don't actually write a story because they're breaking the fourth wall all the time, shoving these ideas into your face. Yeah, they, they never immerse themselves in the character. It's more of like their performance of it. Like, yeah. like what we talked about in uh, episode 99. Uh, Pretty much since uh, Heath Ledger Joker, now everyone wants to give like their rendition of the character. Yeah, this is Dane Font on Pop Culture Crisis. Yeah. oh my god, like, it's it's its own thing. A it's phenomenon. It's it's a phenomenon. I just um, next topic. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> Dane's over it. Dane, Dane is over it. So we'll see how it goes. I don't have a lot of faith. That are you going to watch like it? This, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna absolutely watch it. If for no other reason than I want to see how they... But are you going to watch it because this girl is the first Afro-Latina Batgirl? <laughs> no. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, if we're being honest, the marketing works. It's like, like when I watch things like this, I want to see how heavy-handed they are with the messaging. Uh, and they get like three chances like in the movie. I'm like, if, if the references are too heavy... Uh, I'm liable to turn it off because it takes away from the storytelling. Will you turn off movies that you don't like, or do you feel obligated to finish movies? When no, you I'll start turn them? that. I'll turn that. I leave off. movie theaters <laughs> ten minutes in. Yeah. Really? I, I've never left a movie theater. Like that's that's a lot of money. That's like, a yeah. big commitment. That's like a financial investment. Yeah, like I, I like. But if like I'm watching a movie, like we were watching, I watch. I tried to watch Kimmy. It's I, I mentioned it yesterday. It's a it's a movie from with uh, Zoe Kravitz, and it, it was just so bad that like halfway through. I just turned it off and I'm like, we're not talking about this. I don't give crap about this movie, but it's, uh, it's. I so rarely sit down to watch movies, and in a large part, it's because of this. Like, it takes me forever to pick something to watch, and then if it's bad, like, I feel like I have to stick it out because I don't want to have to start the process over of having to pick a movie to watch. So it's just easier not to watch any of them because they're so. I don't know. I, I can reliably guess based on one, uh, trailer what what it's going to be about or what it's going to be trying to tell me and. I don't really like that in my entertainment, you know. They, uh, they, 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 their issue was always they wanted to subvert expectations, and now they do that so much that they're just—it's exactly what the expectations are. By the way, but before we go to the next subject, because which is a subject I, I dearly love, uh, I just want to say you were talking about like shows that kind of like show representation in a, in a tasteful way. We we're a little bit talking about that. Mm -hmm. I like to compare the old French Prince of Bel-Air to whatever heap of shit is going to come in the future. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's going to be a super representation of past times and, and modern times where past times were a bit more optimistic and like modern times is all like the struggle. The that's an interesting point. Just the optimism. Like there was a, there was a sense of optimism and a sense of um, hope for the future uh, and that overcoming things um, in spite of the odds was more treasured. Whereas now it's about um, lamenting the odds in general and the righteousness would win yes like that it would that was the you know almost like the premise going forward that the righteous men would men women whatever would would eventually win yep so we'll see i i i, I thought of it as heavy-handed most of the time but i think you're right i think there is a certain amount of callousness uh and a lack of hope in these things that uh that probably rubs people the wrong way but it's just hard to put into words so Okay, Dane. Dane suggested this topic for me, so we've got a, a new uh, a new topic that we're going to be, or a new a new segment we're going to do from time to time. It's called "I'm Still Not Over It," and this week, what are we still not over, Dane? White boy summer, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you want to before we get started? Do you want to explain to everyone what white boy summer is? Right. Was technically it never happened. This is the greatest honor that has been bestowed to me. You're welcome. Out of several honors I've had in this company. Okay. So white boy summer, what I think is particularly interesting about it is that it's like the first moment of levity that we got in culture that was not woke. And that it was like the first moment of levity that wasn't woke that didn't get immediately like, this is why white boy summer is the most toxic thing that's killing 600 Somalians per hour. Yes. You know? Because like anything, any opinion that you have that's like outside the norm will immediately get like branded as like violence. But this is so cartoonish in every aspect. So allow me to paint a picture. Chet Hanks 
guys. Do you guys know who Chet Hanks? <laughs> yes, is? it we is. The, he is the youngest. Question is it Hanks or Hanks with an X? See, to <laughs> to a Chet to Chet, it is Hanks with an X. To the public at large, it is Hanks with a KS. Uh, he is the youngest son, I believe, of Tom Hanks. Uh, I think he and, has a younger brother. And I think he is the middle of his sons. I think I read in the article he's got two siblings that are older than him. He has two older and then he has a younger okay, brother. Okay, so he's on the younger side he of the... He is the first son of... Um, Rita, Rita, Rita and Tom Hanks. Yeah. So, and what he says in the in the in the articles that basically they talk about how when his first two children were born, he had to um, he was still struggling to be known, you know, to get his name out there as an actor. Tom Hanks was so those kids understood the struggle and the middle class, you know, his middle class lifestyle, or you know, as he was finding his way. But Chet. <laughs> But Chet was the first one who was who was born uh, into the wealth that Hanks then accumulated, being in everything in from post a list a list celebrity status. Yes, so so uh, he's they, like trans Jamaican. <laughs> they they, they uh, that was blowing my mind. Like, why was he making that accent? He's like, <laughs> hey, boom, my clot. So so <laughs> explain to everyone what. To, so basically, what it was is he uh, he's he gave you rules, and what he was doing is he <laughs> he was copying. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion with uh, Hot Girl Summer from 2019. Right. Uh, and my favorite piece of it was them talking about how he appropriated the the, the culture from them by trying to make uh, uh, White Boy Summer. Uh, and he gave you very specific rules that you had to follow. He was curating the vibe. That's what he That's was doing. That's all it was. Correct. And it was in a harmless way. It was like, we're going to wear this. We're going to stop calling women smoke show. Yeah, he, he was, he, he's very <laughs> against Sperry Topsiders. He's very and against. He's very against uh, uh, calling women smoke shows, and he says no wearing the color salmon. Yes, uh, and so he is against signifiers of preppy style. Yes, and he himself really likes to act like he is from the ghetto, right? Uh, from Jamaica, J he wears like yeah, a, he I like, can't comment on that. In particular, it's really into his. Chain. No, you gotta trust me on this one. He like, has like a in the music video for White Boy Summer. He has the Jamaican flag uh, draped around him, and he uses the accent. What a that, guy, that, man! Uh, it, I'm saying this is so great. It, it's so like frivolously pop culture. It should have been celebrated and not denigrated. It's only wins. It's ridiculous. White Boy Summer, and like 2021, I don't know what happened. A haze in my mind, at least. I don't know what what you guys made of that year, but 2022 slightly better, mm -hmm. slightly. And guys. Can't we just have a nice moment, right? Let's have a white boy summer. Let's just have it. Have you, you heard him do interviews about what white boy summer is? It's incredible. I mean, he said, it's me. He said, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. like, what is it? And he was like, it's white guys appreciating black girl magic. And then someone sure. was like, what is black girl magic? Describe <laughs> sure. it to me in your body language. And he just like collapses into his chair. Like, I think this is this weird thing where it's kind of funny but also like it is what you make who of it is this character chet hanks like and, and it's it's really the fact he's a that genius he's genius from a marketing perspective the fact that he's uh that he's tom hanks's son makes it funnier uh oh. like, like if it it doesn't work if he isn't Tom Hanks' son, or if Tom Hanks wasn't the dude from uh, the he, Green Mile and Bridge of Spies. Yeah, he like, like openly admits he's like, yeah, I benefit from being it. Like 
it's weird, but like nothing I do would be as appreciated if I wasn't Tom yeah. Hanks' son. Yeah. Tom Hanks is another son that's like a serious actor, yeah. you know? Yeah, and no one cares. But and this guy, who rules? Yeah, right? like he just, and I just, uh, I'm here for it. Like I was like, when He's I went. unabashedly himself. Yeah, he See, did I like go back Which and forth. I love. It's literally, I, I say like. He has a stick. I feel like he has a stick, but he's so like. I don't know. He's like <laughs> we've got we've got a white boy summer naysayer here. No, Hannah. why are you hating on white boy they... summer? Hannah, have a have a white boy summer. First up, my us, name is Claire. Stop shorting my name. The Sorry. second, oh, that's okay. Um, the thing is, like, I just feel like he's one of these kids who was like, I'm from a like boring wealthy family, and I'm gonna like wear flat rim hats and pretend like I am like deep, and I'm gonna take up rapping and like. It's, I just, it's hilarious. No, it's just so stupid. I don't think stupid. deep is what you get from this. Jaden Smith is an example of a nepotism baby trying to be deep. This guy isn't trying to be, be deep. The he's opposite. Having, he's trying to be. He's being crazy. See, I feel like he's trying to prove that he's not like a boring milk toast white guy by like <laughs> semi acting like he's a hood rat, which he definitely wasn't. He was born in like to a very wealthy family and had tons of options, which like there are sometimes he makes these comments that I think are interesting. Like I watched him do this interview and he was like talking about his parents to try teach them the value of money didn't give him an allowance and he was like yeah i'm either the brokest rich kid ever or the richest broke guy ever i don't know and that's yeah. kind of funny but then he does stuff like this and i'm like you're just kind of weird and like not interesting like i i get that like boy summer is like this weird phenomenon but also like i don't know that i want to hold this guy up as like some Let's intelligent not. you know to me he is pretty woke <laughs> and he is this weird like hero he just has these moments where i'm like oh that was interesting no nope, back to being weird for me do you think he's woke oh yeah i definitely think he's woke how come that's interesting for i think i think that he like is... my favorite was the stop hate shirt that he's wearing yeah, in the he's music wearing, video yeah. which he's he sells on his store <laughs> i think some of it is like you know i'm obviously not here to comment on like who he's attracted to or whatever but i think he's trying to prove that he is like somehow he like understands black culture in a way that like other rich white boys don't and to me that's very performative and kind of cringy i don't love oh, that he wants to be like invited to the cookout yeah he wants to be like no i understand and for, it's like no as probably a, don't as a hispanic male for me that's every single white american what do you mean wanting to be invited to the yeah to the every single white american like that's all they do like pander to to like get invited but that's to like what woke culture tells them to do like you're not supposed to be white so you have to be like no but i really appreciate I other people and like i just feel like mm. he's that but mostly in reaction to like being born a wealthy famous guy you know what but i mean but that's ironic because a lot of these people had a huge problem with white boy summer because it's celebrating oh, himself he's an, and he's an idiot the fact like, that he's a white no way boy he could and pull he's expressing himself or whatever like they hated that and they said that it was racist and it was causing like yeah so he probably shouldn't have tried you know what i mean like he should have just like Left I say just try and, and go with... I with, can't believe you know. we have He's a white boy throwing, summer naysayer. Yeah, <laughs> throwing his ideas out there. He seems Look, like he I had a weird upbringing. Most of, the stuff of a weird most of the stuff he was talking about was harmless. He's like... Yeah. Like, he, he's not saying... Oh, yeah. any, he can say whatever. I don't think, like, he is doing any harm. I just don't say that, like, we have to hold it up as, like, this, like... What a fun time. Like, no, it's weird. Like, he's being weird. And if we want to watch someone be weird publicly, like... But do you cool. want to join in? No. I don't want to do anything that Chet Hanks is leading, <laughs> but that's like a personal thing. I think that he makes weird decisions with his life. But I respect that he is like presenting this like 
very strong opinion. I can appreciate that he's like really diving into this persona he's built for himself. I just don't think it like signifies authenticity, right? <laughs> uh, he says he talks about how his dad made him wash his car so he could get $40 to go out to dinner. How uh, they gave him a PT cruiser hand-me-down as his first vehicle. In, telling, in his telling, Tom Hanks and Chet's mother, Rita Wilson, tried to manufacture a middle-class existence for him within one of the wealthiest zip codes on the planet. I now I'm imagining like under the dome uh, and he's like, like they just like walled him off and like make it look like a, a lower a lower end suburb and but they're really in like a really really overly rich area like that's it, it is very it is manu- a strange kind of sheltering from the real world it's like it's it's there's something to be said about trying to bring a bit of uh, uh you know trying to make him humble or bring him uh, a sense of normality yeah. really it didn't work it I didn't work i think he's just all over the place i mean i've watched him do interviews where he's like yeah my parents like caught me smoking weed as a teenager and they like completely freaked out and overreacted and sent me to this like semi boot camp thing where like yeah, someone it- came in and then like in 2018 he was like oh yeah i've been sober for two years i've been addicted to drugs since i was 16 and I feel like he is select and we all do it right which is, is oddly the most middle class thing you could be he is selectively uh, presenting what his experience like, with his family is and yeah. I get that he might just be working through it right but like to be like yeah they completely reacted to me smoking weed and then to later be like oh no I've been seriously addicted to drugs for yeah. almost a decade like sir yeah. what was happening like I don't think you know what you experienced but can we separate the art from the artist can we separate I would say all we about are, white I don't summer. care about Chet, Chet Hanks. Hanks is just he's peripheral if like, we are right. to believe that it's about uh, the idea. he's an artist it's you're, about the idea Mary, yeah. you're with me in white boy summer right yeah okay, and totally perfect because I I just think it's even more hilarious that it came from this guy who is like such a character yeah. and naturally like such a character with, like this would stumble upon genius a, a performer like his dad just in a completely different way which i can respect like he is really right. building a name and brand for himself and i, I get that like right. i'm all for it and i love a good bold decision right like <laughs> this was bold I, will- I just don't think that i'm like one over to be like he's really got something going for him i think he's just maybe a little bit dumb and decided to make some flashy music videos that's, that's awesome i will say that the the his his struggling with substance abuse is probably the thing that connects him the most like somebody who grew up extremely wealthy uh disconnected from your average everyday person if there's one thing that could really connect most people of wealth and most people uh, of far less means, uh, it's that uh, drugs are going to hit you the same uh, and struggle. I mean, you, you might not have the same type of struggle, but the cravings, the urges, the desire to do such things, which can, inev- uh, can eventually destroy your life, uh, does not know a, like a tax code that will hurt anyone uh, using them regardless. So sure. it's probably the thing that connects him the most uh, to uh, to the middle class, which he was, like I said, and he, that he's pushing that his parents weren't able to give him. I did also find this article funny. It says, uh, Tom Hanks' son, Chet, I didn't have a strong male role model growing up. Which yeah, is, no. You no, don't say. No, roast it. You, you, you don't say. So, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Tom Hanks. So this is, what a great day. What a great episode. Uh, Tom See, H- that's why you like White Boy Summer, because you're like, yes, he, I he just, speaks the truth. And I, I get that. I hate typecasted people that like think that they're, you know, like, and the trillionth Oscar goes to Meryl Streep playing Meryl Streep. Oh, my God. Incredible. <laughs> like, 
Tom Hanks is the male equivalent of that, I think. The, yeah. the curious I case, totally agree with you. The Curious Case of 30-Year-Old Hanks was mostly in the 2020 re-review last month. This is an older article again. Uh, where he, when he returned to social media center stage with a video declaring a white boy summer uh, was on the horizon. It was ridiculous on its face to be sure and another cringe-inducing lift from <laughs> black performer uh, in He's referring to Hot Girl Summer uh, from 2019. But we are getting closer to vaccination and feeling giddy on possibility. So giddy, in fact, that Tom Hanks' rapper son, Chet, doing a bit about White Boy Summer felt more like recklessness and cultural privilege run amok than anything devastatingly dark. So he, the dude's trying to bring some levity into the world. Uh, and they're just like, you know, the uh, people who just never want to be happy about anything like Hannah Claire right now. <laughs> no, uh, I was going to say, like, this is like, I think he's interesting, but I think he doesn't know why he's interesting, right? Yeah. Like, he went to Northwestern University and studied theater, and their school colors are purple and white. And he did a, he like had a semi viral moment where he like made a song, like a parody to the song Black and Yellow called Purple and White about Northwestern. Like, he is big into sort of seeing something that's cool and making his own spin on it. And that's kind of cool in right. and of itself. Let's like, I can appreciate that. I just, again, like, to me, he's a weirdo. Chad he Hanks is not the arbiter of culture. I can appreciate no, why I'm he's sure. amusing from over here, but like I'm not gonna but hold he him up as a symbol. Such a gift that you have to appreciate <laughs> it. In in the yeah, he definitely did something that was art from the artist. That's true. Um, <laughs> no, the best memes coming out from this period were the ones of Bill Gates and uh, who's the other one who got divorced at that time. Um, Bill Gates Jeff got Bezos? divorced and Bezos, Bezos got divorced yeah. uh, and it was them it says, white uh, rich white but yeah, it was like billionaire yeah. white boy summer uh, that was my favorites from that period because it's like uh, yeah. like who are like if the if the two richest men in the world can't keep their women happy what hope do you have uh, <laughs> I just like I can appreciate Chet Hanks as a character especially because like he you hold him up next to his dad who like looks like he could have been an insurance salesman in a different life and like he's like <laughs> looks like he could have been an insurance I mean, salesman in this life huge actor yep. like his father is like basically american acting in the 90s mm -hmm. as was like in inculcated in my mind so like his father's like huge and iconic and very like milk toast and down the middle and i think we all wonder like these actors who kind of blow up like what are their kids gonna be like right like will ferrell has three sons like at least one of them has like an offshoot like you know what, whatever the like gen z equivalent to what chet hanks became is you get a trans, he's gonna be him jackie trans jamaican shit poster i mentioned <laughs> that uh, jackie chan uh i believe it was jackie Ch it wasn't jet Lee, it was jackie chan their kids don't get any of the inheritance they have to make their own money that was his decision so um, where's it go uh hopefully not to, to a bad charity into a, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming a, a, but also like i think the hanks cut off chet so like yeah. did they make are they really the ones who which, brought on White Boy Summer? Which because they made him need to earn an income. Which like brings they did me, this to us. Which, yes, yes, perfect segue. Which <laughs> which brings me to this article from a Showbiz that says a fan set up a GoFundMe page for Tom Hanks' son after a Twitter user no shares screenshots of her alleged conversation <laughs> with the rapper who asked her for two hundred dollars to cover his bills. Um, it says, "Wow, what an icon, this uh, guy." No one's saying he's We're not an icon. saying him. We're no, saying White Boy saying, Summer is iconic. Yes. Yeah. White Boy Summer will heal the nation. It's all I'm saying. So are you <laughs> gonna bring White Boy Summer into twenty twenty two? That's my goal. Okay. It got hampered last year. Yep. 
And then 2020's summer wasn't so good either. Chet Hanks is apparently in dire need of some cash as his legal troubles with his ex-girlfriend, the son of Oscar-winning <laughs> actor Tom Hanks, has allegedly been caught begging for money from a woman via Instagram. <laughs> well, then every woman who's ever put their cash app yeah. in their profile is begging too. Wait, you explain the story and then I have an equivalent. The, the, the 30-year-old supposed financial crisis is revealed after a Twitter user that goes by at cowgirlonline. <laughs> uh, posted screenshots of Chet's allegedly direct messages to her in there. I love the idea that this lady like faked this conversation. Like no, that it's one hundred percent real. That, that Chet Hanks is like so important that she like she had like a, a friend with Photoshop. <laughs> She's like and put the blue check mark in there so it looks real. So it says uh, it says. Uh, in their in their conversation, the rapper uh, actor asks the girl to send him two hundred dollars to cover his bills. When the woman offered him twenty two dollars instead of two hundred, he pleaded again, "Show me some love, and I'll call you." The woman apparently shut down his request, and she replied, "Your dad is Forrest Gump." Love you though, King. <laughs> uh, before ending their conversation with a "Love you though, King," if I'm in LA, if you ever want to do uh, push-ups on the beach, this is the, like this feels like a story from 2007. I'm it's sorry, incredible. I love it. Uh, it's well, incredible. There was, there was this tweet that went viral of this girl being like, "It finally happened." I was at a gas station, and this guy looked at me and said, "Like you're so beautiful," and I looked at him and said, "If I'm so beautiful." pay for my gas and now i have a full tank of gas like i there's no way to tell that that isn't what's happening here he's like if you really love me give me some money yep. i have as much as i want like just just pay me it says after the screenshots of the dm went viral a person who claims to be a friend of uh, at cowgirl online <laughs> launched a gofundme page for chet whose real name is chester marlin hanks no wonder uh, so so chet was the better of the two options um who the hell names their kid Chester nowadays? Like, who, who is that after? I guess Chester Bennington was like the last great his Chester. Son, his brother's name is Truman. Like, this is a Rita. Truman, Truman, yeah, Truman okay. is incredible. Truman uh, is a good name. Truman is incredible. Chet Hanks has informed my friend Lily that he has to he has bills to pay and needs $200. Reads a statement on this page. I am not sure why he needs this money as his father is a rich celebrity named Tom Hanks that you may know from movies such as Forrest Gump. I'm sincerely hoping we can raise $200. <laughs> this is the I best If you story. ever feel like, like oh man, I... I my parents are like middle class. I can't do a GoFundMe. Just remember this story. Put that GoFundMe up, people. I would like. I wonder this if the it best works. idea for a hundred. I told you. I like that they can only name Forrest Gump as a movie Tom Hanks. Yeah, has been in. like, like on. He's, he's been in such movies as Forrest Gump. That's what people remember him from. That <laughs> nobody, the re the, nobody remembers Castaway. The one in the airport where he gets stuck. Oh, uh, the the Sully. You're a Sully. Sully, the movie Sully. I don't the, know. The, the, uh, <laughs> that's, a ton of that's the one where he's yeah, uh, Bridge of Spies. I mean, he was like a really, he was like a working actor. He had tons yeah, of stuff. He still is. He's like the Academy. So, so I just love this. Is he uh, personally gave Will Smith his uh, ten-year ban? Also, I hate that I had to bring that up because we talked about it all the time. I want to know what the hell bills you're paying with two hundred dollars. Like that's what I mean. That's why I equate it to this like gas station more, story. That like, seems more like I drugs think he's just to me. trying to see. Internet. I feel like he's Internet just trying to phone. see if she'll give it to him. That's what I think it is. I think he's, he's just, just testing like, the waters. Yeah. yeah. Internet and phone, I guess. If I'm maybe... so pretty, buy me a drink, says Chet Hanks. That's uh, so he's he's pulling his he's very tapped own into his feminine energy. Yes, that's what it is. He he's pulling his very own. Um... Can he do any wrong? <laughs> Not, Not in my eyes. As we have the conversation, <laughs> Dane becomes a bigger and bigger fan of Chet. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Dane, <laughs> can you please pitch White Boy Summer for 2022 for us? Can I, it happen? Is I'd it possible? I'd love to. Okay. Love to. Let's Thank you it. for the opportunity. Go for it. They're like, we're <laughs> Men, women, children, lend me your ears. We've had absolutely 
terrible two years. And it's not just me. It's like the entire human consciousness. Did you before you go? Did you see the um? There was a a, a Tim. A Tim he's interrupting his shark pitch. A Tim Dillon <laughs> video where he talks about. He's like, Look, give me this. He's like, let me just. Tell you. He's like, drop the sanctions, and he goes on as to why we should do that because we deserve a good summer. That's what he talks about. <laughs> Dude, that's as like, like that's not the worst argument. That's essentially yeah. my pitch. We've just had two years of I don't want to get into it. Because we all know what daddy's talking about, okay? Yep. Let's just have a freaking summer where we have fun. Is that so much to ask? Is, is it? Like, for real? It's not. Like, can the culture be in some way positive? Can it be like, yeah, I think that, he's kind of dumb, Is that but really, it was funny. Is that really your issue? It's like, it's not that, it's not what he said. It's like, it's that, that nobody can be funny or have, or anything can be positive anymore. I just want another big thing we can all share that's fun yeah like and that doesn't get ruined in the end like game of thrones <laughs> like i loved mondays like regardless of where you were who you were talking to you were getting some coffee you were at work you could talk about oh game of thrones they killed this guy uh. i feel like that was tiger king at the beginning of covid tiger like, oh, king. Yeah. Like, let us all talk about this right. to share something yeah i love those things in culture that, that bring, bring people together yeah i totally agree with you and i think this one is a smash because it's hanging out. It's like get, getting out. Because, and he also, also, you don't have to be white to be to enjoy white boy summer. No, and it, it, it excludes all the white boys that people don't like well <laughs> because it's like, oh, uh, if you're like this, like salmon wearing, you know, whatever. You said no very topsiders and you calling said no. women smoke shows. Right, everyone has that guy in mind. It's like, yeah, not that guy, right? No, Ralph Lauren. He said no, yeah, no, no, Ralph, Ralph Lauren. Lauren. It's just fun. Let's just have fun, you know? Yeah. That's it. And that's my pitch for White Boy Summer. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I think every time you come on, you should do a countdown to White Boy Summer. Like, <laughs> okay. When is when does White yeah. Boy Summer start? Well, it's this snowing summer. outside right now, but it'll be soon right. enough. Snowing. Before you know it, you blink and it's White Boy Summer. But throw out your Sperry Topsiders. White Boy Summer 2022 Burn is coming. <laughs> I Burn the Sperrys. I think he said that you should get some Vans. Uh, he, said, he said, I'm not a, he goes, he says, I'm not a sneakerhead, but get some Vans. Okay. Uh, and you're good. So just do that. You and don't... he rarely wears a shirt, so maybe it's a you don't even. So it's cheaper. <laughs> Several style, tattoos. Yeah. Do some weird push-ups in public places. It's yeah. even cheaper. White boy summer. It's even cheaper. Yeah, you don't even need a shirt. Song? We can't listen to it on, oh. the, on the air. Copyright. Damn. I tried, guys. Maybe we could do a bonus segment. I do everything we... for you. I want <laughs> Dane to do a cover of White Boy Summer. No. Yes. No. If you do a cover of it, then I'll, I'll consider being on board with this. Otherwise, I'm just going to smile and be happy for you because you seem like you're having a good Hannah time. Hannah Claire, you're going to want to come. When you see us having so much fun, <laughs> you know, there's going to be mimosas. There's going to be like bright there's colors. There's going to be mimosas. <laughs> Who doesn't like mimosas? That's the, like fresh that's alcoholic like, drink. That, that's oh, like, yeah. ugh. You know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be warmth in this godforsaken cold area of the world. Mimosas tell me brunch, which tells me upper middle class French uh, summer. No, 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 French toast. But we toast? threw out our salmon-colored shirts, so we're okay, says <laughs> Chet Hanks. Do you see exactly what I'm getting at? Like, he is pretending to hate a culture that he's obviously still a part of. Over to you. We can do this. <laughs> we get Hannah Claire is dragging the negative energy of 2020 and 2021. Yep. Hannah. Claire, sorry. <laughs> Let it go. Come have fun. It does like Chet Hanks <laughs> and Afterfun. I now declare myself Dane Font as the patron saint 
a white boy summer. I'm actually kind of on board with that. If you're the patron saint. Really? Alleviating all of you <laughs> of associating yourself with Chet Hanks the thing and is, with me. I think the thing that you're saying now is like, he just picked a really good phrase. Like, you're now divorcing everything else he does from this. Like, I agree. It's a great phrase. It's funny. And it triggers all the people I hate. <laughs> and nothing. And I do like that. Nothing brings people together more than a collective hate towards something. Oh yeah. And we, I, we hate yeah. these yeah, funny definitely. dotties who are gonna make this about you know what? Yep. And we're like, hey, we're just gonna have mimosas, hang out with the boys, yep, and the girls. Yep. Dana was already sold, wrong? but I know I can't wait. That's why I'm the marketing guy here, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? No, yep. I'm not kidding. Can Pop Culture Crisis please sell White Boy Summer 2022 t-shirts? <laughs> and one of those like paintings where it's like of a saint, but it's actually Dane. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. We I we mean, need to get Jessica on this. Jessica. We need to get Jessica on this. Yes. It's right in the camera. You're getting a slack in like half an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so the moral of the story is we are we're, we're uh, Dane right. is pushing towards White Boy Summer. Praise yes. be White Boy Summer. Pra yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, Piers Morgan is in the news. He's got a new show coming out, uh, and it says Piers Morgan says he wants to annoy whiny, miserable, joyless, ultra woke cancel culture imbeciles. I think this was Dane. His... No, Dane was just doing. Yes, uh, we we have uh, we have like supplanted like we now we have Dane and Piers Morgan are, are indistinguishable. An unlikely duo. Honestly, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you like pull your bangs over and they get more like his haircut. Yeah, now I gotta be with like Piers Morgan apparently, so I gotta clean up my act. Mary also does a pretty good uh, Piers Morgan. Uh, in imitation that she did earlier that wasn't really a pierce morgan imitation oh, yeah? she was just doing <laughs> the accent so the whiny miserable joyless ultra woke cancel culture imbeciles <laughs> that, was, oh, dang. that was perfect so it says uh pierce morgan has revealed what he aims to achieve with his new talk show which is called it is the boomerest name ever it's called so dumb it's called like boring Piers. it's like it's called pierce uh, morgan, pierce morgan uncensored, uncensored. they need you to hire you as their marketing guy for real everyone does frankly yeah. <laughs> so it says his latest project Piers Morgan Uncensored comes just a year after he quit Good Morning Britain having stormed off set following an argument with colleague Alex Beresford about the com about comments about Meghan Markle uh, I, I do want to confirm she's not royalty anymore right no, they, no. they're they're no longer royalty okay i needed to yeah. confirm that I, I wasn't sure uh in a talk uh in a talk tv q a with pre with press including lad bible uh morgan ex i do love however like it's kind of like what you were saying earlier they're they're like he's like positioning himself as like this um freedom fighter for he wants for to free be speech. edgy and cutting edge and cool but he's doing a press he's junket the exact opposite for of real. all yep. of those things he's old he's british <laughs> What whoa, else? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He's a back liberal. Right back from the British thing. I, I resent that as a citizen. But I will it say. It doesn't help. It I, doesn't help his case. That I disagree. British, that's for sure. I he disagree. went to war. But I will know? say. <laughs> but I will say that he is like industry standard. He has been yeah. in the media for so long. And then he's like, I'm going to be different. Yeah, right. somebody like, set up a press junket. Well, it that hurts my exact same response. I was like, okay, Pierce Morgan. This like, is I like want to give him a chance, but he should have launched yeah. a YouTube channel and started vlogging. Yes. Like, he did yes. nothing to break the mold that he's already right. in. And I want to But he can't even conceive of that because he's so old. He doesn't even know. I just want to give him a chance. Well, he's just so entrenched in what he's doing. And I like do think he does make some interesting comments. I want to give him the chance to have this mid-career big shakeup. To me, it feels but like he just a... picked the same Legos to build the same building yeah. he's always known. It feels like 
they see the they feel like a, a cultural shift coming and they're trying to get out ahead of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's not yeah, and it's not working. Once establishment, always uh, establishment. Yes. He's just the perfect example of if you, somebody who would join the dog pile on anybody else, but now he's going to posture himself as anti-cancel culture. Because now the easy dog pile is against woke people. Yep. And everyone that has that energy that I must hate on something, they're going to switch chips yep. and they're going to be like, oh, I was never into any of that. We and see, I think the we fact, see you. I yes. think the fact that it's like coming from like essentially still big media tells you that corporate media has caught on that this will make them money. Yep. Uh, if he wanted if he wanted to follow an example of somebody who he could have uh, used as kind of a, a guidebook on who, how to do this, he should have followed Russell Brand and started a YouTube channel. Uh, Russell Brand has fantastic conversations about a variety of topics that include all but of these types of things. I will say starting a YouTube channel comes like you are beholden to YouTube. He's yeah. that would I mean, eventually that will be the same as being beholden to a network. Right. In a lot of ways, it still is, but it still gives I really the air advocate of, for of him blogging. I've advocated before that he and Ricky Gervais. Well, I haven't advocated before, but I've said Ricky Gervais should start his own award show. Perhaps Piers Morgan should have joined him. You know what I mean? Like there, he could have done other interesting things. And I want to have hope for his show because I do think that, like, it's worth having alternative perspectives online. But, like, it's hard not to be like, you're just doing the same thing you always did, buddy. And the sad, thing about, the sad thing about it is, is I agree with a lot of what he said, but it does, it's, it could have come from anyone. It's like completely yeah. insincere. He says, he said, you have to agree with them and everything or you get shamed, abused, vilified, canceled, fired and ruined. They're like arsonists. They just want to torch everything in front of them. Uh, he's right about all of that uh, in, in the truest sense of the word, but it still comes off as corporate speak. He's not. I mean, we talk a lot about or at least when I'm on the show, we talk a lot about how like left viewed left leaning people use jargon and like they use certain buzzwords and you know exactly where they stand as soon as they th start throwing out the words triggered about you know whatever and he's using the buzzwords the jargon that is from the other side yeah. again i stand by like all you should learn from this is that the media and maybe it's a win media now recognizes that attacking woke people will make them money which just proves that it was never about ideology it was always about business they always want always the, about business oh yeah, yeah they always want the lowest common denominator audience mm -hmm. with minimal effort mm -hmm. and that's why this is my pitch to why you should subscribe to this because that is not us we do i mean if you're a lowest common denominator person, like we're not, it's not like as if we're judging you. I'm but, the lowest common denominator person in this room. <laughs> I just, I think it's me. Oh, and I'm sure everyone has an argument for them. But uh, what, what we really mean is like, this isn't a pander fest. Nope. This is four friends in a, in a room having a show and like giving you their genuine opinions, which you will never in your life get from Pierce Morgan, no matter what Gen Z TikToker, like completely rebranded okay. him. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! They hire Mary as Pierce Morgan's like PR agent. That would be if they hired Mary as his PR. That agent, might that actually be the best thing he ever did. Like, yeah. it, I'm not. I, I don't mean it as a pejorative. I, well, in that case, I did mean it. As a pejorative. <laughs> I gotta be honest. But like, I'm not saying like, oh my god. Anyway, he does. You use... know what I mean? I'm saying <laughs> that he's get he's purchasing his ideas and assuming them as his own. But this is the guy that has Shapiro on his show. And, I, and like, I don't want to mention Shapiro a lot because every time you mention him, it's super political. Who had Shapiro on his show, who Shapiro blasted him. And he was like, how dare you? How, I, 
value. Yeah, I was literally just watching. And episode. now he's uncensored. Yep. Yeah. Because he's got so much yeah. to say. Exactly. Can also, can we pick another word? Out. There's like four other uncensored shows. Like, we get it. We're yeah. done here. Right. Also, adjective. Mary pointed out that he repeats words a lot. I think I read the word yeah. democracy 12 times. In he this, also says in this farce article. a lot. But you know why? Because those are search word yeah. terms. Like, they, back me up here, marketing man. Like, sure. there is just like when you search this press slow. release. <laughs> no, I think it's when you search this press release. They are simple terms that people are like, I want a show that's pro-democracy. And since he has it twice, his will come uh, up first. You know a word they never use in their marketing? Genuine. None of them. None of them. Or at least not honestly, they wouldn't be able yeah. to say it. So it says, earlier in the Q&A, Morgan also vowed to uncancel anyone who has been canceled, saying that they should never be shamed or vilified or canceled for having an opinion unless you <laughs> genuinely are spewing hateful, bigoted stuff. Again, subjective, your honor. That could buzzword, mean anything. Buzzword, 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 buzzword. Uh, all of those things are uh, subjective to the person uh, who's, who's hearing it. So it means, again, he's just right back at square one. It means nothing. I was waiting to get here because yeah. I have to just say it. He's acting like he's cancel culture Jesus. Yep. He's going to uncancel the cancel. He said he's going to replatform. What is it? The deplatformed. See, which I, he doesn't have the power to do. And right. only mega corporations do. So I, I will don't know uncancel what he was them. implying there. I will uncancel them as long as upper management tells me that like, I can uncancel if them. If the study showed <laughs> that would be a good move for my ratings, then I will do it. If the focus group says yes, then you're in. Not even mega corporations have that. It's like the culture and like the areas of the culture that we choose to magnify. So like this is just an indication of, hey, guys, Sleazeballs, they're moving here now. Okay? Yeah, be very be wary yeah. of uh, of the people that are coming in saying all the right things uh, with no few, you know with no past behavior to back up the, any proof that that's what their actions were. But that's kind of a, a problem we're going to lead into, which is that uh, a lot of people, because of what's going on in the culture in media, have been kind of scared into silence. Right, so they're going to be like, I always believe this. I I just had to be quiet about it uh, because I was in fear for this. Or and I was to be in fear fair, for that. there will be some people that's true for exactly in this case like weeding them out is what's I, going to be difficult and i think that like you can look at his public track record right yeah like there are some people who don't say anything because they don't want to say they don't want to have to conform but they also don't believe what like the popular narrative is yep. whereas Piers morgan has been a public figure for so long he's had many opportunities and i think like it's going to be too obvious you know he's going to he he's going to make himself obvious right I want to replatform those who have been deplatformed. Deplatformed. I want to uncancel those who have been canceled. You know, I want to basically make a point that cancel culture is a dangerous to society in its own way. In terms of this attack on free speech and freedom of expression, as cor as coronavirus has been and could be over the next few years and decades ahead, actually more dangerous. Remember, unless it's about spewing hateful or bigoted also, stuff, which like you just said. Is subject, which we know is subjective. Also, look at that neutral stance. Like, I want to stop the uncanceled. Like coronavirus, which I re which I believe is real, so you guys won't be totally mad at me. You wow. know what I mean? Legend. Like, he just covered all the bases. That was right. a great move. Um, also, like, I really hate cancel culture, especially when it affected me, and I couldn't make right. money. They never, that was the worst. Yeah. They never care until it, until it comes for them. In the which famous I words of the ladies from the Red Scare podcast, uh, past behavior is the greatest indicator of future behavior until until it isn't. Yep. <clears throat> and this is a guy that's all his present and past behavior is like he'll do whatever he needs to do 
to like you know to be the guy you know to be the guy from the show and that's why he gets always like tepid reception because he's the lowest common denominator person as well you gotta stand for something so this is a nothing th this is a new network that this is going to be on so i think that's where maybe he he feels that they're going to be did he launch the network creating uh, that they're going to be um blazing new trails is talk tv will launch with shows from morgan sharon osborne and tom newton dunn i don't know who tom newton dunn is but obviously sharon osborne had her own problems with the people on uh what was it the talk or the view or whichever one she was on and then she got in trouble for not she got in trouble for not uh talking about uh how bad piers morgan was basically she was supposed to like after he got fired or, or quit uh then they asked her like what did you think about Piers Morgan and she's like he's my friend I don't think he's a bad person and then they got mad at her about right, that of course the next step after censoring is compelled speech yes so uh so it is what it is we'll see where this goes but I, I do it says uh because usually uh and especially here in America a network stands for the right or the left or whatever it is this is just basically the news with different people's views on it by experts mainly I'm not an expert but I've definitely got an opinion on everything uh all <laughs> there's no such thing as not uh as not leaning one way or the other in these i don't mean politically i'm saying there's no such thing as like a neutral it's going to be colored by opinion no matter what so it's kind of a fanciful idea to believe that it could be completely uh open well and in this format right it sounds like he's mostly semi an anchor semi a talk show host yes so like that's obviously led by if you don't have they don't give anyone who doesn't have a somewhat strong personality a position like that it wouldn't go anywhere so it's uh, it's just unrealistic to say that they it wouldn't be of an opinion. Says, we're not telling anybody that they shouldn't be thinking the way we think. We're just expressing and opening up the conversation for people to take on even at home after we finish talking. That, like I said, he's saying all the right things, right. but it doesn't sound genuine. Maybe I'm being judgmental. Uh, maybe, well, I'm, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm being overly and judgmental. I'll, I'll caveat here. Like, if this is a success, if it's, you know, if it is interesting, if people feel stimulated by it, like, I'm not going to be mad about it. Yep. It's just that, like, we have talked about earlier you have to be wary when people start to catch on that like they can make money off of you yep. by saying a few keywords and rebranding themselves be wary at all um, times the, you know, what you're being sold did you think this he, in 2020 like what was this your angle did you want to be mr uncancelable also like then? i'll you know? uncancel people but when there are some people right. who are too extreme he'll if he says no to them how really how really committed to this idea of like uncanceling people are you yeah like, what's the line there will be a litmus test to if he really is cancel culture jesus as we say mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a great term mary that's, um, uh that's an amazing term <laughs> that's an amazing term now I, now somebody's gonna draw that art historic um, hundredth episode we're having a real religious episode saint dane the patron saint of white boy summer <laughs> that culture. was long overdue i think and then and then of course cancel culture cancel culture jesus so we will uh we will see um we've got pod luck and we've got pod luck and it's gonna be all coachella topics today because the, yes it is this is very good have stuff have any of you ever been to or wanted to go to coachella never no. wanted to go never without I, a shadow of a doubt no i did i want to go um it's a party right? you're really into music too right yeah. like not particularly no. it just i'm into you a like good adventure time. yeah yeah i like have been, i like some music festivals coachella has always been one that like it seems like very inconvenient to get to and it's hot and there's a lot of dust so that's so most of them burning Everyone's man same way sweaty. okay yeah. so it says uh so this is the first one it says from the hollywood reporter megan the stallion's coachella watt performance causes headache for chinese censors <laughs> uh i can imagine fastest uh rotoscoping or fast fastest keyframing in the west to edit out that uh that image i am sure 
So it says, uh, Megan Thee Stallion's Risqué Coachella 2022 performance. Wow, festival fans. Uh, I think Mary described it differently. Uh, grossed them out, She, I think she, she oh, thought. I said no one uh, wants to see that. Yes. Um, so it says, uh, but also provided a huge headache for censors in China. Uh, monitoring site What's On, uh, it says, notice that users on Chinese social media and messaging app WeChat have been live streaming Coachella illegally with censors trying to catch moments of performance that transgress China's increasingly moralistic censor censorship rules. Alas, Megan Thee Stallion's performance of her hit song WAP provides the undoing of one, <laughs> of one poor WeChat censor charged with applying the black bar on the video. <laughs> Uh, I want to draw this back kind of to what we talked about earlier. Remember, we were talking about Leslie Leslie Grace uh, and her outfit, and we kind of talked about uh, Puritanism, yet it's only applicable in some places. Like, music seems, yeah. music seems very immune to this. Um, maybe because there's something inherently empowering about performing maybe. music that's different than telling, even if you're performing somebody else's song, there's something empowering about performing that mm -hmm. song in a way that isn't true of performing somebody else's words in a movie script i think that fashion and costuming let's say for music yeah. or for uh tv shows or award shows or whatever like feminism has really struggled to come up with their party line on this because if a man makes you dress too sexually then he's the patriarch and he's oppressing you and he's exploiting you which i'm not gonna say can't i disagree with the patriarch but like men can exploit women yes. especially director actress whatever i get that but if you choose to dress provocatively and to dress uh, to dance in a very sexually explicit way, then it's because you're an empowered female. Yes. But if you choose not to because you don't want to, then you're brainwashed by the patriarchy and oppressed and you don't understand it. So like they just can't have it both ways. Like women, I they have a really hard time understanding women who don't want to perform in this way that they are glamorizing but you could just as easily frame it like your internalized misogyny is making you objectify yourself by dressing provocatively for the male gaze I, no I 110 whatsoever yeah right but like if they they would prefer you to dress sexually and make them more money so whatever they need to say to get it so that you feel good about doing that and they can continue to draw audiences that way but in the world of free will that's still your choice to make that decision for yourself yeah i just think that like wop the whole wop phenomenon shall we say <laughs> wop phenomenon in a realm so, okay before you go on wop phenomenon or white boy summer phenomenon you just have to choose. Cry for culture, you know cry, what I'm saying? Cry for culture phenomenon. <laughs> just sad for everyone existing right Is now. Is it a culture um, crisis? It would be a culture <laughs> crisis. Wow. A pop, epi like a pop culture crisis. We finally worked the title mean? in. Uh. Guys, we made it. Uh, no, <laughs> the whole, the whole <laughs> WAP phenomenon of like her being like, this is a song we should publish. Like, I just think it's like... And everyone was like, well, she should be able to say whatever she wants. Feminism, empowering, good times, free speech. You can't be mad about that. You're backwards and oppressive. Like, I am surprised that we even had this conversation about her doing this dance at the show. Like, no one is surprised that China is upset about this. And also, why do we need to have this in society? I like, China's not for... backwards. They're like, it's moralistic. Like, I just feel bad for the poor guy trying to 
<laughs> trying to keyframe the the black box the black box he's like can you stop I think it's crazy that we're like we're like we pretend to be okay with China's morals but then when American people express morals like they don't want this then it's like well it's because you're backwards and because the patriarchy's pressing yep. you like it's, I, uh, I think it's so crazy that we can have this standard for one country and then well, not for ourselves we say that China is so oppressive and censorious for doing things like this they, because they have standards of decency in their media mm -hmm. but then that's just making us out to be the good guys which isn't the case yeah it's super it's weird. a very simplistic like, narrative they care. it's a very simplistic narrative yeah to... and when they do stuff that is actually bad and i know we don't want to like become a political analyst podcast but like we're like well well you know, i can't they're help just a different but sympathize country. uh i do not sympathize with anything authoritarian in, in, in any in any regard personally but but i will say so it says struggling to keep up with the dancers the censor was in the unenviable position of trying to choose what to censor in failing to censor anything with the black bar whizzing left and right all over the video. I'm literally picturing him like, there's just too much. He should have just blurred the whole screen. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's like, if anything, that's like, that makes a weird postmodern artistic statement on just the vulgarity of what they're watching. He's yeah. like, I had to censor all of it because I couldn't censor any of it. Yeah. Uh, so it, and of course, I am just like, screw you. Do not censor this. This is a, it, it, do I uh, agree with her, the song? I don't really care, but that's, that's me. I'm the, you know, hardcore, whatever. I, I don't care if she wants to make music like this. I don't care if people want to listen to music like this. I say, go ahead. If, if it Look, makes you happy, I, go I can God. recognize their right to do this and perform however they want to, but mm -hmm. I don't need to consent to it. Like, I don't have to say that it's like Absolutely. cool or it's artistic or it's interesting or it's expanding culture in any positive way. Art would be definitely putting it, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, calling it, calling it art would be very, very, uh, um, uh, very much a stretch. That's what we were talking about all the other day about the word tolerance. Like when people say like they want tolerance in society, they don't want tolerance. They want praise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Celebration. And some people are giving tolerance upon the request of tolerance but there's like this little like yep. silent rule it's like hey it's not tolerance it's re reverence mm -hmm. like you gotta think this is the greatest thing and you might but the you know like stop expecting that you know the whole society be march on the same moral path because it's impossible mm -hmm. some wags also adapted the lyrics to wet ass <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce that Puxy, uh, reference to the district of Shanghai that is currently suffering under a draconian lockdown due to the Omicron surge in the city. Uh, this is just a, an absolute uh, hilarious uh, meshing of culture where uh, everything's messed up, nothing works, and I don't care about any of it because it's just, uh, it's like the, 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 when the, the phrase that I always think of when I see stuff like this is the absolute state of things. Uh, it's the absolute state of things here. It's the absolute state of things abroad. It's just the absolute state of things in 2022. Uh, and I am here for it. Let's thank just, God. Pierce Morgan is going to, he's going to uncensor gonna... all of these people. Uh, and she's going to be able to perform that song. Um, yes. Uh, okay. So it says 100 gex uh, set abruptly, uh, abruptly ends at Coachella 2022, but we're not really pulling up for the article. Do you want to explain what is going on here, Mary? Sure. So they were in the middle of their set. I guess they started late. Um, 20 minutes late they started. I didn't know that. But other artists did the same thing. Um, and then they were in the middle of their most popular song, which is Money Machine. It blew up on TikTok in 2020 mainly. Um, 
and everyone I'm sure was really hyped. But then this this crew started coming on the stage and taking all their gear off the stage and then just like mid cut off in the middle of their performance. Yeah, no way. And just, just cut off the music right in the middle of their song. And uh, yeah, everyone was saying like this was extremely disrespectful. And I think some of their fans were also saying it was transphobic because one of the Members. people in this duo is trans. Uh, I, I do question anybody who thinks uh, if, if you've been alive, I don't know how long you've been alive, but if this is the most disrespectful thing you've ever seen, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty impressive. You should come around here. Or yeah, for, for real, right? You'll see some disrespect. Yeah, so it says, uh, cut off in the middle of Money Machine so they could cut a lame interview with Rich Brian. Literally, trying, who, who the hell is Rich Brian? I, I, no, I literally don't know. I have no oh. idea. Maybe that is insulting. It's like you no, cut. he rules. Who is he? He's a rapper. Little, is he? Little Asian boy. Okay. 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 He rules. Uh, uh, F. Oh. I'll put him after the podcast. F Coachella, I don't give a crap about Rich Brian's new EP. Didn't they start late so they got cut off? What's is that what I'm reading here? So yeah, basically it's like it's like anybody can turn anything into a what, what's the saying? It's like when when all you have is a hammer, every problem is a nail. Uh, right? Is that the saying? Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, every uh, every solution is a nail. So. Uh, something like that. Like they, they see one uh, one solution to everything. It's the one outcome of this, and that's that it was somehow some form of uh, awful behavior on the part of the of the um, the event organizers. When more realistically, it's probably just look, we're on a tight schedule. We have to run this like uh, the airport, like, like an they airport. Could have waited until the end. Or of the song. They, it's like three minutes long. Or they that part is it's like the last song. That's really sure. that actually. Or they could have told them like their most it's, famous it's, one. If yeah. you have a huge large scale event, it's not crazy that like it will get delayed and like mm -hmm. professional organizers know that and build into that. But like, presumably they would have known, Hey, you need to drop a song from your set because we're 20 minutes behind. Yep. Right. Uh, and I'm sure it wasn't personally their fault. Either. Nope. Nor, and I'm sure, and I'm sure like it, this would have come down to whoever the, the head of the, the production is. Right. And he's going to have to make that call. Uh, and is it possible? I don't know how this would work in music. Like, is there, uh, could they get, they're not going to be able to get in-ear notifications because they wouldn't be able to hear the music then. So it's like, there's no way of like informing them or giving them mm -hmm. adequate, like they would have theoretically, if it's the last song, they, all they had left was three minutes. They could have cut them off before that they song. They would have been in the middle of it. It would be yeah. like 60 seconds if they didn't do that. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a, that's, that's the a weird choice. It is absolutely a weird choice. Uh, and we've got one more here and this is a, well, we could. Where was it? You? I don't know if it was Hannah Claire or if it was Dane. If it was either of you that was here when we covered Doja Cat basically quitting uh, music on fake Twitter, quitting. fake quitting music on Twitter. Was it either of you? What is no. fake quitting music? Uh, so basically, a couple. Conor weeks, McGregor. Uh, basically, a couple weeks ago, she uh, she was she in um. Peru? Another country, and like she, like uh, she had like a freak out on Twitter. She's like, "Look, I quit music." There I'm, were a bunch of people outside of her hotel expecting her to come out because different countries have different fan cultures, mm. and she didn't come out of the hotel to say hi to anybody. And they were like calling her a bunch of slurs, um, wow. like racial slurs. And then she, uh, understandably, got pissed off at them and made a big to-do on Twitter about how she's quitting music. I'll, okay. I'll reference it here. It says, Doja Cat says she's quitting music after arguing with fans on Twitter. I don't need you to believe in me anymore. Yeah. Uh, said, uh, music is dead uh, after receiving, receive, receiving criticism for not greeting fans. To me, it seems like she's somewhat of a perfectionist who is not happy with her performances uh, in this country. And then, um, and then, like you said, uh, expectations from fans in different countries vary very differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels like it's just she's actually out of stress like yeah. whether it's personal or i thought travel that or, or she was just kind of making paraguay, joke, by the way 
making a oh Paraguay yeah. Paraguay I thought she was just being facetious like making her screen name on Twitter I quit yeah I don't know that seems that a does seem bit, like a joke like yeah. a um, joke I don't know uh she, so basically they talk about this and then so tonight so she says Doja Cat told the crowd at Coachella don't quit shortly after announcing her plan to retire from music uh quitting and retiring are different I, things I just want everyone but she to put know. on her Twitter I quit yeah. yeah, but then this person is like, she's retiring yeah. from music. It says, Doja Cat took to the stage uh, at Coachella Music Festival on Sunday. Don't give up. Don't quit. Believe in yourself. I love you, she told the crowd. The comment came less than one month after Doja announced her plan to retire from music. Doja Cat paused her Coachella performance on Sunday to discourage the crowd from quitting. Less than a month after the star herself announced that she will soon retire. Coachella, don't give up, don't quit, believe in yourself. Remember, she also said, I don't need you to believe in me anymore. So but you need me to believe in you, says Doja Cat. So she's sticking to it. Uh, yeah, well, that's what it seems like. It says, it says, although Doja is known for her flippant sense of humor, she doubled down on the promise after fans asked her if she will join the weekend for his after-hours stadium tour this fall. I'm not bailing, but I'm not bailing. She goes, I'm not bailing, but I'm not bailing doesn't mean my ass isn't going to disappear right after, she wrote. So basically, she said she's going to finish her obligations that she, she had. Said, I'm pooping it out and dipping. Yep, that's that's what, what she does said. That mean? Uh, she says I ain't going. <clears throat> excuse me. Basically, she's saying that she's gonna finish the stuff that she committed to already, and then she's done. Uh, but I don't think she believes in it if she's saying that about it. Given how fast the news cycle goes, she could theoretically do this, and people would just forget. And then, like six months later, something like whatever happened. Yeah, uh, what happened to Doja? Uh, but it gives her it gives her the chance to leave it open, where six months later things go really well and she decides to keep performing and then a year from now we get an article like remember that crazy time doja cat said she was going to retire from music uh so she kind of wins either way in the pr department now yeah uh so it says during her much praise set doja sang a handful of hits from her album uh i do love the part though, about pooping it out that is disgusting like, um, why would you say that about your own art <laughs> yes so uh i just thought that that was um I I I I feel with this. Uh, like I'm I vibe with her on the stress element of it and, and it, sometimes it takes all of my uh effort to not get frustrated and just make a proclamation like that, right? Where She's you're just funny. you're just frustrated and you just can't handle it right now and you just want to quit. Uh and Eminem says you're not allowed to do that. So, uh I, I just I don't know. I I I feel for her because uh, I I imagine that whatever stress I've in, encountered here is not even close to what somebody of that caliber of an artist is going through. So, you know, having a freak out every once in a while doesn't seem like an unreasonable uh an unreasonable thing. But if you're an artist, you have to kind of find a way to like uh cleanly move through it and like turn it to your uh, turn it in your favor in lieu of the bad publicity. Mhm. Mm so. I just feel like this isn't serious. That her That's the conclusion I've come to in the last 30 seconds. You think she's not actually going to quit? No, no way. No, I, no, I, I don't think so I either. I don't think so either. I think there's too much money to be made and too yeah. much... Uh... She thinks it's such a laughing matter. I don't believe her. <laughs> well, meanwhile, her... Uh, I'm like, sure... She might take a break for like, I don't know, six months, nine months, a year, but she has had a pretty, like, her career's gotten really big really rapidly like that's not really even started yet nope. really she's got a lot of uh, a lot of time left to to perform so i imagine her publicists aren't hugely uh, <laughs> uh aren't huge fans of these types of uh i hope they're the ones writing these tweets they're like everybody. say this say this well that's what i'm saying like can you imagine having to be like dane like you said we talk about marketing all the time like imagine having to be like a publicist and being like every day just terrified of what your like <laughs> clients are going to be saying uh on twitter that you will have to that later smooth over I don't know. I'm a huge fan. I'm like, not saying anything because at the end of the day, yep. like the target's going to move like that. Yep. Better to just keep your mouth shut. 
mm-hmm. most of the time. For At least sure. that's tried and the, true. That's the uh, that's the approach that I take for almost everything. It's just uh, what's that saying? It's like uh, better to let everybody think that you're an idiot rather than opening your mouth and be quiet and let everyone think you're an idiot rather than open your mouth, speak, and remove any doubt. Um, I don't know what that means. Oh, my bad. That's Spanish. Uh, It's better to ask forgiveness than to say you're sorry. Well, for me, it's like, uh, like I I have. No, wait, that's not what it means. I I think it's the opposite. Uh, It's better to ask. It's better to say you're sorry than to ask permission. That's what it actually means. I'm sorry. I said it back. For me, it's one of those things where it's like, you you know, the, uh, the idea is like, if you're, if you write an angry letter, you're supposed to wait a day to send it uh, a way to day to send it so that you can see if you actually feel that way the next day. And I take that like pretty seriously about like things that I type. I'm like, there's times where I've posted my hot takes and I'm like five seconds later, I'm like, it's like, it's almost part of like the endorphin rush of doing it. And then I'm like, did I really need to do that? I feel, I feel like wholly unfulfilled now that I've posted this thing that will probably annoy someone, but does, do I really get anything out of sharing that opinion? And I, I usually go on the, I err on the side of like just not sharing it if I think it's something like that because is it really important? Um, and doing that with a multi-million dollar music career seems even more like you should be very uh, hesitant to want to just uh, throw it all away at, at, at you know at a moment's notice because of a bad day. Uh, it seems very very dead, difficult to me to want to fall into that pattern. I think everyone wants to quit their jobs sometimes, but uh, I just don't think it's realistic to think Doja Cat's going anywhere. Yep, I don't. I don't think so either. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like I, there. I don't know if I've ever had a day where I just want to like quit my job here, but I've definitely had that at other jobs mm-hmm. that I've had where I just want to call it quits. But yeah, but the thing is, like for a job like that, like if you're just working at like a, if I was like uh, managing an apartment complex, I can, I you know, if if anybody cared, I could post that on Twitter. Like I want to quit my job, and nobody would care. But when your job is to be in the media eye, uh, it's a little bit different. Your expectations are different. Things we're creatives, we're not corporate. Like the second I get. Uh, here you got a we got a lot of like artistic like liberty yeah in a way to like work and do creative stuff i'm telling you like when you when it's like a nine to five grind and you just gotta like sit next to people that you absolutely don't want to and like I, 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 she she doesn't have you know the woes of a desk person yeah but she still has to be like hey doja why don't you say this they, they have why the... don't you take a picture what why don't you collab with so-and-so like, yeah. it gets obnoxious i'm sure well i'm saying that she's got the same struggle different struggles but they're still struggles like right. she's still got her like one of the things that i take issue with is when people uh trash celebrities and their excuse is always like these people are rich they don't know what problems are i'm like that means nothing like money does not mean you don't have problems it just changes what your problems end up being some would so, say more money more problems that's I, I say it's like in the words of the prophet biggie smalls uh more money more problems uh, that's that's an actual thing so uh, i do take issue with that type of um analysis of people who have money because they have a lot of responsibilities when hundreds of millions of dollars rely you know when you have a job that brings in that much money that means that you employ tons of people exactly she has stylists she has backup dancers she has a pr agent she has the road crew who won't have a salary if she stops working like and her own family members right that she's supporting like Mm -hmm. i just think it's unrealistic for a number of ways i get that she's probably frustrated about things but you know if you're a Doja Cat fan out there who's crying, she's about to go into retirement, like just maybe, maybe step, take a step back, just wait, give her a minute. Well, that's uh, hopefully that's what uh, her performance here is. Uh, she's hinting at her future of music that she's gonna uh, take so, her own advice. She'll like retire when she's like seventy and be like, "I told you I was gonna retire from music." Exactly. It's like I it just took a while. Just took a while. 
All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming today. That was, uh, we, uh, we did about an hour and, and 20 minutes and that's literally where all the shows seem to fall right now. So it was a classic, uh, a classic, classic episode. And, uh, it means a lot that you guys could both be on today because, uh, you guys have been the most consistent guests, uh, to come here and, uh, argue with me or discuss with these things with me about, uh, various issues in pop culture. So it, it means the world. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Congratulations again on 100 episodes. Uh, yeah, I think for sure. You know, here's to 100 more, you know? Yeah. I was going to say that. Here's, here's to 100 more, but I don't have a drink in my hand. So. I like what you said last time. Like, the next 100 episodes, they're coming. Yep. So, you know? Yeah, it's kind of it. crazy. Today feels like a big day, but, like, we're just back again tomorrow. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. There is no, like, uh, 100-episode party where you get the cake in the middle, like what they do on TV, because uh, when, a, when a network TV show hits 100 episodes, that's when they can officially start looking for syndication where it can be sold to a... Yeah. A, uh, like and a, we, we don't go... We don't run seasons here, so, yep. like, it's not like we take a break and, like start again in a couple of weeks like nope we're right know, back at it tomorrow we hit these milestones while we're still running which is kind of cool dude everyone in this company is always on the grind yep. mm -hmm. always yep. each and every day all right hannah claire why don't you tell them where they can find you on social media so that you when you come back on uh tomorrow uh they can uh hit you up and talk about this stuff with you cool that'd be great uh, you can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on Gab at hannahclaireb. And you can find me, of course, on timcast.com. Click on the read tab. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Dane, are you going to be back next Monday? Yeah. You're going to be back next Monday? Okay. See, we got, we got regular. I should really thank Dane for letting me crash his episodes. I like had a slight tantrum. Not really, no. but I, every once in a while I'd be like, <laughs> so I'm not going to be on the hundredth episode. I see. I guess, I guess. And Dane very graciously let me join today. So I appreciate it. No, of course it was great because we were here too. Yep. It's like, yeah, she did. She did say that. She's like, oh, I guess I'm not important enough for the hundredth episode. I was a little bit salty about it, but it was also like, you know, I, I like I said we just do this every day so it was Dane's you know right to have the hundredth episode it is his day well he's on the he's on the fives and the in the zeros he gets the he just got lucky that way he's a, he's just a, you know I come here every Monday yep that's what he's and we love having you we Thank love having you. you all right uh, Mary tell everyone where they can find you you can find me on Instagram at closer kitty uh, WeChat coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, I know I've been here for a shorter amount of time, but that doesn't mean it means any less to me. And the growth lately has been insane. And we're really grateful. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. Uh, for the channel, the YouTube channel is really, uh, that's what she's talking about. The growth has been quite big there. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash popculturecrisis. You can leave comments on the videos, like the videos. Uh, it means the world. All that growth really is important. Uh, and then uh, in the description box is a link to the Spotify playlist. Uh, it has every episode start to finish. It's the best way to listen to the podcast because all the banter, that's what's important. The banter is what matters. Uh, we're also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. And we are also on social media. We are on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show. We are on Facebook and Twitter, or Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis. And we are on Instagram, finally, at PopCultureCrisisPod. So we will be back with another episode with Hannah Claire tomorrow, episode 101. We will see you then, guys. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.